I invite you to join your hearts together with mine in prayer. And let us pray. Indeed, O God, with all of creation this morning, we do proclaim with one voice, Alleluia. With one voice, our hearts, our souls, our minds do rejoice at the good news that indeed life is stronger than death. So as we open our heart, our soul, our mind to your word, may it speak to us once again of that eternal and steadfast promise. For this we do pray in your Son's name. Amen. It's called Kilometer Zero. It's a name that's given to a point that marks the center by which all things are measured. I wonder in your own life, do you have a kilometer zero? A point that marks the center by which all the things in your own life are measured. The Cathedral of Notre Dame is actually called Kilometer Zero. All distances in Paris are theoretically measured from that particular spot. You'll find that spot marked by a brass plate set near the entrance of Notre Dame. A few years ago, I, I stood at that spot, Kilometer Zero, and perhaps you have as well. As columnist Roger Cohen wrote, it's a reference of a people, the, the starting point and the end point. And that is why so many people, religious or not, were in tears when the great cathedral burned. A part of themselves, their, their very bearings were lost. And it is into those flames that Reverend John Mark Fournier, chaplain to the Paris Fire Department, stepped after the fire had consumed most of the cathedral's roof and its fire had toppled into the nave. It was Reverend Fournier's job to attempt to save the, the sacred artifacts of Notre Dame, in particular what some believe to be the, the crown of thorns placed on Jesus' head, a, a piece of wood from the cross and perhaps a nail used at the crucifixion. But when Reverend Fournier stepped into the burning cathedral, what he saw was only darkness and shadows, the flicker of flames overhead, and the smell of wood soaked by water and of ash. Have you ever had a kilometer zero in your life be consumed by darkness, or flames, or ash. Perhaps a relationship, a, a friendship, a partnership, or a marriage. Perhaps a, a project you had been developing and counting on for years. Even a kilometer zero, that was your own faith, this, this sacred space in your life that was suddenly hollowed out by a tragic event. And so the question is, how do we make sense of, 
of that kind of tragedy? And what happens next? And what do we do next? In many ways, those were the questions the followers of Jesus were asking in the beginning of our service as we read from the Gospel of Luke. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two, and Jesus, with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. All those who knew him, including the women who had followed from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. I have to admit, I have a soft spot for superhero movies. I get around to seeing most of them in a movie theater, although I usually don't track all the details of the film up to buying a ticket. But I've come to trust that these films end in a satisfying way, that a hero will prevail against the villain. But somehow I missed the significant detail that the Avengers movie released last year was not the last film in the series. I went into the theater expecting that Avengers Affinity War would wrap up the storylines of Iron Man and Wonder Woman, Black Panther and and Spider-Man. I expected this enormous battle with an arch-villain, Thanos, and the satisfaction of good overcoming evil. Now, I don't want to spoil anything if you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War, but it doesn't end like that. Superheroes die. It appears the bad guy wins. In a scene during the credits, people on earth start dissolving into ash. And watching this unfold in the theater, I was stunned. I couldn't believe it. This was not what I was expecting. I even looked around at my fellow moviegoers to confirm with someone this was very wrong. I suspect that's how everyone felt as Luke put it, watching these things at a distance. It felt wrong. You remember a few days ago on Palm Sunday, as Matthew's Gospel records, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the disciples thought he was arriving as a king, the son of David, who would restore the glory of Israel, free Jerusalem from Roman occupation, but now their king was shrouded in darkness. The sun was no longer shining, and he breathed his last. They're at kilometer zero, in other words. The person from whom they had been measuring all things was now suddenly a tragedy, and anything but a triumph. And so we wondered, how do we make sense of this, and what do we do next? Bees buzzing, flowers blooming, and birds singing are some of the telltale signs of spring. But do you ever wonder what that season looks like from space? 
asked journalist Nicholas St. Floor. What you will find on your bulletin cover this morning is an image of Earth taken from a Meteostat 9 satellite at this very specific point in time called the vernal equinox. It's the official start of spring in the northern hemisphere. As St. Fleur explains, the equinox is a point in the Earth's orbit where the sun shines directly above the equator, thereby creating equal periods of, of daytime and nighttime. And it's only on the equinox do we get that exactly straight terminator, as Greg Redfern at NASA calls it, a line separating darkness from light. And this week, as I read those words and studied that picture, I thought of kilometer zero. I thought of that penultimate Avengers movie. And I thought of Jesus breathing his last. And I thought, maybe this is how we make sense of a tragedy. Maybe this is what we do next. What do I mean? Well, first of all, it's good to know the vernal equinox sets the date for the day we call Easter. Easter being a word that means spring, an old English word. And how it works, the date of Easter is set in the Western church on the first Sunday after the full moon after the vernal equinox. It's a long story how we came to that designation, but that's why Easter moves around, if you've noticed. Because the earth moves, we move, and God moves. But here's the thing, on the vernal equinox, yes, darkness begins to recede as, as we pivot towards the light. But interestingly, that's also what happens in Luke. When Jesus breathes his last, there is no light from the sun. But then as Luke records on that first day of the week, early in the morning, the women take the spices and went to the tomb. I wonder, are you an early riser? If you are, perhaps you've noticed how the morning light has just appeared to glisten these past few days. And I wonder if that's what the women saw and felt as they, as they walked to the tomb that morning. That if they'd been able to view a, a, a meteostat nine image of events unfolding on what we call Easter morning, it would, it would appear similar to that image on our bulletin cover. The darkness was receding. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body. Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. This week, I thought it's almost as if Luke is describing an Easter equinox. The darkness of that day when Jesus died on the cross is now demarcated by this day, the day of resurrection. A few weeks ago, I happened to be at a conference where Reverend John Ortberg, pastor of Menlo Park, made this observation. He said, Christianity is a religion that knows exactly the day and the moment it started. 
that there was a time when it didn't exist on that day of Good Friday. But there is this singular point in time when the Christian faith was born. In other words, Jesus might have been born on Christmas, but Christianity is born today. John's Gospel picks up the story as the women run to tell the disciples what happened. And, and Peter and the other disciples start for the tomb, and both of them are running, but the other disciple outflanks Peter and reaches the tomb first, and he bends over and he sees the strips of cloth in the tomb. Then Simon Peter comes along behind him and goes into the tomb. And finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, goes inside. And John writes this. He saw and believed. And there it was. Our kilometer zero. That spot, that location by which Christians are invited to measure the distances in their lives. And fascinatingly in John's gospel that That unnamed disciple is the first one to believe. It's not actually Peter, and it's not actually necessarily the women. An unnamed disciple by which the author of John's Gospel, I suspect, included on purpose that detail, inviting his readers to imagine themselves as unnamed disciples there at the Easter equinox, facing the light. Because I suspect the question to the answer, what do we do after a tragedy, what is next, is we remember it's God's good creation. There is always that moment we can turn to the light. Yes, there will always be darkness as events in Notre Dame so visibly demonstrated, but there is always and also light. Yes, for a moment the sun might not shine. For a moment everything might feel wrong. That events should end this way. But as scripture proclaims, when we feel the greatest despair, the deepest darkness, there's always more to the story. Today, Easter invites us into that story and to turn towards the light. Easter proclaims there is a terminator we cross today into possibilities we had not imagined, new beginnings we had not seen, into new life, into eternal life. So may we all on this Easter equinox go and and see for ourselves. I pray in our imagination like that unnamed disciple, we might gaze into that empty tomb and for the first time or once again believe. This past Monday on a day when it felt like darkness and despair fell over the city of Paris, Reverend Fournier and his firefighters, they found the crown of thorns They found the wood of the cross. They found that nail. 
And then along with other policemen, they, they, they form this human chain. And they pass those sacred artifacts with joy and with tears. The relics of Good Friday. Out of the darkness and into the light. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.